Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hey everybody, welcome back. We are going to roll through Thursday, Friday, and Saturday uh, of this week. And First though, we're going to talk about what happened yesterday. Well, yesterday being Tuesday with that workout Chelsea. So it's a lot of work, isn't it? Those 30 rounds trying to complete one round of Cindy in each given minute. Um, we said that you guys were welcome to wear a vest for it. We had a couple people try it. Uh, hopefully, if you were wearing a vest, once you got run over by the clock, hopefully you just stripped the vest off and went down to body weight and continued working. Um, if you continued working and still got knocked off the clock, so be it. Hopefully you put out a good effort. Saw a lot of good push-ups and some pretty high-quality pull-ups, too. Uh, definitely have some growth going on up at CLE with those movements. How's it going down at Cadre, Jim Michael? Yeah, it was awesome. Over the course of 150 pull-ups, 300 push-ups, and 450 air squats, it's, uh, it's a lot of time to get better at something. Um, and there was a lot of really good practice. People did a great job at actually putting attention into the movements. Um, and we really stress, don't just go for as many rounds as possible. If quality is what fails, then that's okay. You just have to try to maintain that quality, and then the clock might catch you. Um, and, but it went well. Uh, definitely a lot of really good pull-ups. That's been a huge growth area. Yeah, it turns out a better hollow makes for a better kipping pull-up, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Awesome job, guys. All right, well, let's get on to our Thursday workout. We're starting off with some lifting, aren't we? Yeah, Thursday we're going to start off with a complex. It's going to be 15 minutes, and you're going to build to a max. It is a power clean followed by a push press and then a push jerk. So we've been going overhead a lot, haven't we? Yeah, um, this one's going to be tying in that overhead, but we have to take it from the ground now up. So it's going to be a little bit dependent on the power clean. Um, However, if you guys can power clean it, usually we can get it over our head with a push jerk. It's really that press. It's going to be that push press that gets real difficult because you guys have to dip drive and there's no re-dip. Um, it's really important here that you guys understand that keeping the chest vertical is going to make a huge difference. On a push press, if power is not applied directly upwards, then you guys are going to lose a lot, a lot of that pressing weight or pressing strength. Um, and you're not going to be able to get as much weight overhead just because you're not moving the barbell in the most efficient path. Yeah, with this, I would say you want to start with something that's quite reasonably doable. Mm-hmm. Um, so just for, for reference, I'll probably throw 135 pounds on the bar. I think for this complex, I can probably get up in the 220 to 240 range. So I'm starting a little over half of the weight that I think I can end with. Um, and then over the course of 15 minutes, I'm probably going to do seven, maybe even eight of those complexes. So I'm not going all that frequently. I'm doing about a complex every two minutes, especially when I get to those heavier weights where I want more rest so I can recover and set my mind up to be successful on that next attempt. Yeah, I would look at hitting my complex, my uh, kind of my top end where I think I can hit around 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. That way, if I do hit it and I feel good, or if I miss it, I have one more attempt, maybe two more, depending on how quick I'm going. Um, but one more attempt that I can kind of put more weight on, try it again, or one more attempt that I can uh, 
Try it again. Yeah, just try it again. Yeah. Or if it was too light and you nailed it, then mm-hmm. bump that weight up, get one more go in, and uh, achieve a little bit more. Yep. Um, following that strength, we're going to have a fun little wad. It is going to have a 12-minute cap on it. It is 30, 20, 10, toes to bar, and deadlift. But after every round, you guys have a 50-foot handstand walk. Or if we're not quite to handstand walks, we're going to do 30 shoulder taps where we have ourselves on a wall or on a box. So on that wall, we're going to wall climb up. We get our way up to the top. We get as close to that wall as possible, keeping our hollow, begin those shoulder taps. Um, If you're on a box, it's kind of like doing the handstand push-up on a box. We just pike ourselves back, and then instead of doing the push-up, you're going to shift weight, and you're going to do those shoulder taps. Um, For this one, toes-to-bar and deadlift is going to be really grippy. You guys are going from 30 toes-to-bar directly into 30 deadlifts, and it's written at 185, 125, so it's not super heavy. Um, But really what we need to be careful here is I think we're going to have to be careful on our grip a little bit. If you guys try to go on an unbroken set of toes-to-bar and deadlifts, expect the round of 20 to be um, little chunks because I think the grip's just going to get shot. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the athlete. Some people are a lot more capable of holding on to that stuff. Um, It's not a bad idea to break it up. The 12-minute cap, though, is going to force you to keep moving. You mm-hmm. can't afford any long breaks, especially in that deadlift, right? It's it's quite easy to rest on a deadlift because you're putting the bar right back where it needs to go for the next rep to begin anyway. So keep yourself uh, on short rest cycles. Don't let them get long because if they get long, you're going to chew into the clock, and that 12 minutes is going to fly up in your face. Um, this is totally finishable in 12 minutes mm-hmm. if we've got it scaled appropriately. Um, I've kind of got it figured out to be about three minutes to get through toes to bar and deadlifts on round one, and then hopefully another minute to minute and a half in the handstand walk. And at that point, if you've done half of the workout and we're only about five minutes into the workout, well, then we're in decent shape, right? Yeah, you've got a little bit more handstand walking or shoulder tapping at the end of it, but if we're through half of the other reps at five minutes on the clock, then we should be looking at a finishable workout as long as we haven't blown anything out to get to that point. And really, it shouldn't be that much of a blowout because, yes, there is some grip, but that's not a very heavy deadlift. We should be able to tap out sets of maybe 15 to start and then a quick 10 and 5 or something along those lines, right? Do not do singles. If you're doing singles, you have way too much weight on your bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with, uh, with that deadlift, it's not a terrible idea, like Phil said, to drop. Um, toes to bar, you're going to have to string together some more reps because dropping off that just takes a little bit longer to get up. But deadlifting wise, if you guys are even, um, if you guys decide to go for quick tens, letting that bar drop from the top, taking one quick breath and then picking it back up, uh, can actually save you a lot as far as how you feel. And it doesn't cost that much in time. The difference between that and someone going unbroken is only going to be maybe 10, 12 seconds. Um, so it keeps you pretty quick, but it also allows you to kind of regulate the heart rate a little bit in the breath. But you got to stay close to that bar. You Mm -hmm. can't step away. Yep. Right. After that, uh, go for a little walk. Roll some stuff out. Your your spine, just the whole thing from your top of your butt to your shoulders. And then your lats a little bit. I would get after those because they're going to do a lot of work with all of the kipping in those toes to bar. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Last thing. With that 50-foot handstand walk, we're doing a 25-foot course. Mm -hmm. So that would be 25 feet down, turn around, 25 feet back. Um. Yeah, if you need to scale that handstand walk, because you can do some of it, but 50 foot's just way too much, 
that really should be about a minute to a minute and a half of work to get through those 50 feet each round. So if it's going to take you three or four minutes, then maybe consider just doing 20 or 25 feet of handstand walking and building your capacity with that skill under duress, but not overextending yourself to the point that this is not a finishable workout. Yeah. Right. Off to our Friday stuff. Some more strength work. We're going to pull a barbell again, but this time we're going to go back to working on something we haven't touched on too much recently, which is snatches. Right? We're going to do a complex. 10 minutes on the minute. We are doing a power snatch and then loading down our thigh and doing a hang snatch. So the power snatch starts on the ground and is caught in a power position, right? Yep. The hang snatch starts above the kneecap and we have to catch it all the way down in a squat. So these are complicated athletic movements. We are trying to start with a manageable load and then increase a little bit if possible, but really we should be focusing on the technique, the speed, the position it takes to do really good quality reps. I think um, for this one, we did it in the past. We did build to a max of a power snatch followed by a hang snatch. Um, And I wanna say we were given 15 minutes last time we did it. And I think the really important thing is going to be understanding that the power snatch, you guys are pulling the same way you guys are gonna pull the hang snatch. It's just from the floor. So don't treat them as different lifts. I think oftentimes the power snatch and the hang snatch get treated as different lifts. Um, They start from different positions and you end in different positions, but largely we want the movement in between to be pretty much the same. Yeah, the Um, the power production zone of both those lifts is when the bar has gotten above the knee mm -hmm. and we begin that explosive drive to triple extension, right? Yeah. That drive to the point where we've pushed our hips all the way out, our knees all the way out, and we're throwing our shoulders up and back to keep that bar close to our body. Yeah, Mike Bergner always says that uh, a snatch is just a missed power snatch. Um, And what he's trying to get at is you guys nail the same positions. It was just too heavy and you had to get further under it to catch it. Um, So make sure that in that hang snatch, we're not treating any differently. You guys still have the shoulders in front of the bar so we can get the hamstring engagement, the lats engaged, and then we pull. We don't do the lean back, right? We don't dramatically change our lift. Um, But if you guys can do that, I think you guys will see a lot of success um, because the power snatch is super explosive. And after that first rep, you usually feel pretty powerful. Um, And going into that hang snatch, treat it with the same explosion. Don't just think that you're going to dive under it to save it, but try to treat it with that same power snatch explosion. Um, You're just going to catch it a little bit deeper. Yeah. Uh, With this, we're not trying to find a max because we haven't been doing a ton of snatch work, right? And this isn't a day where we want to see how much you can lift. It's a day where we want to see you lift really well. This is a day to remind yourself of that skill because hopefully we haven't lost it, but it might be a little bit fuzzy, right? It might have some cobwebs on it. It might need dusted off. That's what we're after here. Let's let's refresh. Let's reset our brains and remember how that dynamic movement works. Um, following that, we're gonna do some intervals. Right, the open is coming, and well, it's still summer, so we're still running. We're gonna do three rounds with two minutes of rest between the rounds. Three hundred meters on a rower. When you finish your row, get outside and run four hundred meters hard. When you come back inside, you've earned a two-minute rest before you do that cycle again. You should try to be pretty consistent. Your row time should be pretty much the same across the board. Your run time and therefore your overall finish time of each round should be pretty much the same across the board. Right? This isn't fly on round one and be dead and then 
struggle through two and three. This should be, all right, I owned round one. It took me, I'm just throwing a number out, three and a half minutes. Right? I owned round two. It took me three minutes and 29 seconds. And then round three, I really dumped it all in, and I did it in 325. That would be a really solid way to approach this with some slight improvement as you go. It's a great way to teach your brain that there is a little bit more left in the tank. If you start where you think you've got a little bit of improvement left and then you force that improvement out of yourself, even though you become more tired. Yeah, it's not, it's not a super long interval. So it's only three rounds. Um, you're not working for any one massive amount of time. So my suggestion is just that 300-meter row is going to be pretty quick. Uh, it's going to take between 55 seconds and maybe like a minute and 20 um, a minute 15 ish somewhere in there just depending on how quick you're going and then that run is just going to be about can you nail a 400 meter interval time over and over and over um, I really think in this one just because uh, the time is almost equivalent on them if you're rowing in about a minute and you're running in about um, say like a minute 20 uh, it's going to be pretty close your time to catch up is actually going to be a little bit in the run just because it's a little bit longer. So make sure that you guys understand pace there. We've done a lot of running recently. We did that mile repeat. No, no, not mile repeat, a mile time trial. Um, and hopefully you guys got a good understanding of what your body can do when you put a couple 400s back to back with some hard pace in it. Uh, I really think this one's doable to do negative splits like Phil said. And at the same time, I think it's one that you guys can attack a little bit. It's only three rounds and you guys get a decent chunk of rest in between each round. Um, so I think it's okay to go out and, and try to push the pace a little bit, try to get after it. Yeah, so if you look at the week, uh, we started off Monday with a super short, high-intensity, barbell-crushing workout. Then Tuesday, we went long and steady with Chelsea. All body weight. Wednesday, we went longer and even steadier with a good bit of running, some body weight, and then some technical work on a dumbbell. Mm -hmm. And then now Thursday, we are going back to that moderate to shorter time frame, right? 12-minute cap. So we're looking at something that's pretty high intensity. And Thursday, we're doing intervals. And intervals are really a great way to not destroy your body too much, but try to help it reset, right? Nothing here is is crushing with load. And even the way we're lifting that barbell today on Friday uh, is, is not meant to be destructive. It's meant to be practice, right? It's meant to be deliberate or, uh, or intentional practice on how your lifts flow and how you operate them. So try to, try to think about this day as a great reset day. It's a good day to, to kind of work on your mental state and then attack these intervals with intensity, but understand that running and rowing, those really aren't the things that are going to destroy you and leave you super sore. Um, it's, it's the crushing pause front squats that'll chew you up. Yeah. Right? Yep. That added intensity um, that you can put in and a little extra work isn't going to have too much cost on you the next day. And actually, for me, I know, and probably you, Phil, it actually helps me reset. Um, yep. It helps me work through range of motion and kind of loosen up some of the stiff stuff that I got going on, kind of open up some muscle fibers. Uh, and sometimes you actually end up feeling a little bit better afterwards. So I typically do, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's definitely a day not to avoid. Uh, it's definitely a day that come in, get after it, and learn a little bit about it. Right. Last thing in the week, mm -hmm. we got some stuff Saturday. We're going to be working with a partner and doing a 30-minute AMRAP. Jim Michael, what's that AMRAP look like? It's going to begin with a 200-foot dumbbell walking lunge. 
Um, for guys, it's going to be 50 pounds. For ladies, it's going to be 35. And you guys are going to use one dumbbell, and you can hold it however you'd like. So you guys can hold it goblet style. You guys can hold it on one shoulder. Um, you guys could hold it overhead like we saw in the open if you had a desire to do that. Heck okay. yeah. Um, we're going to follow that with a 200-foot bear crawl. And then we have 100 box overs and 100 ab mats sit up and tossed. For the dumbbell walking lunge and the bear crawl, you guys are going to be on a um, probably a 25-foot course. That's the available space that we'll have at Cadre, I know. We can do a 25-foot course out, 25-foot course back because while one partner is going to be doing work on that dumbbell lunge or bear crawl, the other partner must be hanging from a pull-up bar. So this is going to force you guys as partners to be a little quicker on transition. Um, you're going to have to do your dumbbell lunge down and back with some decent speed because your partner's hanging on the pull-up bar and they don't want to keep hanging waiting for you to rest. So make sure that on the dumbbell lunge and the bear crawl, you guys are thinking about your partner. Um, make sure you're getting down and back. Make sure you're getting down and back at a, at a decent pace so that your partner is not just waiting for you, okay? And make sure that you guys communicate a lot. Um, once you guys get done with the bear crawl and you go on to the 100 box overs and the 100 ammat sit up and toss, you guys can work and rest. So box overs, only one person's gonna get to work at a time, obviously. Uh, so the other partner is not hanging from a pull-up bar. But ABMAT sit up and toss, both you guys are gonna be working, not necessarily at the same time, um, just alternating. So one person's going to do that sit up with a, with a med ball. When they get up, they're gonna toss it to their partner. And then they are going to do the sit up with the med ball, get up and toss it to their partner. Yeah, I think uh, once you get to those box overs, it's time to start letting it loose, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. You can do very quick cycled sets um, as long as you're communicating with your partner. Because then once you get to the med ball sit up and toss, you can only move so fast. So even if you're really, really, really digging deep and going into that, into that red zone, um, you're going to be okay. Because then you're going to sit down on the ab mat and it takes four or five seconds for that ball to come back to you. So you're not going to be doing sit-ups as fast as possible. It's do a sit-up, lose the ball, wait. Then get the ball back and do it again. You have a built-in rest cycle on each and every repetition. So I think this really encourages you to open it up once you get to the box hops. Yeah, or rather box, box overs. Over, yeah. um, for guys, by the way, those box overs are going to be 24 inches high, and we're going to go the long way. So we're going to go 30 inches for guys. Ladies is going to be 20 inches, and once again, we're going to go the long way. So we're all going to be doing box overs on that long side of the box. Uh, it's the only common distance between men and women. Um, but on this workout, make sure that you guys are just communicating well. Uh, when you guys are doing those bear crawls and the lunges, if you get down and your partner has to drop from the pull-up bar but you're on the far side of the lunge or bear crawl track, communicate. If they drop, just be ready to rest for a minute and then watch them when they get back up. Uh, make sure that you don't leave your partner high and dry and you drop your dumbbell and you start walking around resting while they're still hanging from the pull-up bar. Okay, make sure that you and your partner kind of have eyes on each other and make sure that you guys have thought this one through just a little bit. Yep, it definitely pays to be in good communication um, on a workout like this mm -hmm. and just in general, right? Let's all work on that communication. All right, that has been uh, part B of the weekly walkthrough. Uh, we will see you guys back on Sunday. We'll, part, or we'll post part A of next week. Um, as always, make sure that you guys get after the week of training, and we'll see you guys in the gyms.